G'day and welcome to Just In Case Law. My name is Tanya Chapman and although I specialize in wills and estates and elder law, I'm actually going to cover a torts case today, which is a bit out of my wheelhouse, but this one is too interesting to miss. If you're thinking stupid lawyers and their stupid jargon, what the hell is torts? Well, torts law refers to a wrongful act other than a breach of contract that injures another person and for which the law imposes a civil liability. So it's a wrongful act against a person that causes injury. The case we're looking at today involves a husband who was injured jumping out of a vehicle while it was still in motion and being driven by his wife. The husband commenced proceedings in the New South Wales District Court in negligence, arguing that his wife was negligent in failing to apply the brakes when she saw that he was about to leave the vehicle. See what I mean? It is pretty interesting. And if you agree, keep listening and we'll go into the background. This is the case of Lim v. Cho, 2018, New South Wales Court of Appeal 145. Justice Sackville described this case as both unusual and tragic. Brian Lim, the husband, and Ung Gyeong Cho, the wife, had been in a relationship for 12 years and married for about five years by the time of this incident. On the evening of the 15th of December 2012, the husband drove to an ATM to withdraw money in order to purchase his wife some flowers. He then returned home where he told his wife that he was taking her and their two children to a barbecue restaurant at Belmore for dinner. The two children were aged two and four at the time. Brian was 30 years old and Ung Gyeong was 31. At dinner, Brian ran into someone who he knew. There was a short conversation which led to an argument occurring between Brian and his wife. The details of the argument are unknown. But as a result of the argument, Brian left the restaurant and waited outside for his family to finish their meal. The family then piled into the car, with the two kids in the back, Brian in the passenger seat and Ung Gyeong driving. The argument between husband and wife continued. Brian later claimed that his wife made an insulting comment about his parents, which resulted in him telling her that he wanted a divorce. During the argument, while they are still driving along on their way home, going about 50 kilometres an hour, Brian opened the front passenger side door. When his wife noticed him doing that, she told him to stop being silly and reached across to try to grab him. But it was too late. Brian had already leapt from the vehicle. Ung Gyeong then applied the brakes, bringing the car to a stop. She went back along the road to check on her husband. Brian suffered catastrophic injuries as a result. Brian then sued his wife, claiming that she had been negligent in not hitting the brakes when she saw that he was about to exit the vehicle. We are about to go into the arguments in the case, but before we do, take a minute to think to yourself and think, who would you feel is in the wrong at this stage? Was Brian entirely responsible for his own actions, or did his wife have a responsibility to try to lessen his injuries by hitting the brakes when she saw he was about to leave the vehicle. 
some thinking music. Do, 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 do. The court hearing. Just to clarify, husband Brian and wife Eun Gyeong were in the car arguing. Eun Gyeong was driving. Their two children, aged two and four, are strapped in the back seat. The car was travelling at about fifty kilometers an hour when Brian leapt out of the passenger side door. Brian's argument was that his wife was negligent because she failed to put on the brakes immediately, and that if she had, his injuries would have been less severe. He also argued that his wife failed to observe that he was in a position of peril, drove the vehicle at a speed that was excessive in the circumstances, and failed to apply the brakes upon observing that he was about to exit the vehicle. So the big questions for the court were: Did the wife owe the husband a duty of care? Did that duty of care extend to preventing him from harming himself? Did she breach that duty of care? And in doing so, was she liable for his injuries? The wife accepted that as the driver of the car, she owed a duty of care to her husband as the passenger. However, it was the scope of her duty that was in dispute. A driver does have a duty to a passenger to exercise reasonable care and skill in the management of the vehicle, and is liable if the passenger is injured as a result of the driver's lack of care. The wife argued, however, that the driver owes no duty to prevent a passenger from harming himself, and the primary judge agreed. The judge stated that her duty was to take reasonable care to avoid foreseeable and not insignificant risk of harm to her husband. That duty, in the judge's view, did not extend to protecting a person from harming themselves. The judge said, "Quote." The time taken for the wife to bring the motor vehicle to a halt from the speed of fifty kilometers an hour would not have been sufficient to prevent the husband from leaping from the vehicle as he did, and most likely suffering the injuries which he suffered. End quote. Having concluded that the duty of care owed by the wife to the husband did not extend to protecting the husband from causing harm to himself. It was not necessary for the primary judge to address the breach of duty. The judge made the following findings: firstly, that Ung Kyung was driving at a safe speed; that they were close to home when Brian jumped out, and if he had wished to remove himself from the car, that a reasonable person in his position would have waited until they had arrived at home before doing so; that there were two young children in the rear of the car. Who may have been affected by the wife suddenly hitting the brakes? If she had slammed on the brakes in order to lessen the impact on the husband, it may very well have resulted in harm to the children. The husband argued that his wife should have basically slammed on the brakes as soon as she saw him start to exit the vehicle, but he would have already been partially out of the vehicle, and it would have been impossible for the vehicle to actually be brought to a stop. It would only have lessened the speed. The judge also noted that the husband's conduct was entirely out of character. At the scene, the wife told the police that she said to her husband, "Stop being silly," which obviously suggests that she did not consider that he was actually intending to leap from the vehicle. 
Also, telling her husband not to be silly and reaching out to grab him was completely reasonable actions, whereas the court found that engaging in emergency breaks is not a reasonable response in circumstances where it may have caused injuries to the people in the car, such as the two small kids in the back, but also to those outside of the car. Other vehicles on the road, perhaps there were vehicles following them, and pedestrians. Ultimately, the primary judge found that, quote, the husband has failed to prove that the wife breached her duty of care to the husband. Further, I find that a reasonable person in the position of the wife would not have taken the precaution alleged by the husband, namely engage in the vehicle in emergency braking a short distance from home, end quote. The court also had to look at the issue of causation. Did the wife's actions cause the husband's injuries? To win this argument, the husband would have needed to show sufficient proof that he would not have suffered the same or similar harm had the wife applied the brakes. The court was not persuaded and said that had she applied the brakes and the husband continued in his effort to leap from the vehicle, he would have suffered an injury of equal or almost equal proportion. The primary judge accepted that the husband's conduct was stupid, that was the word used, and that his actions brought about his catastrophic injuries. This incident they were looking at took place over a matter of seconds. You can time it yourself, reach over as if you are about to open a car door and open and lean out and it only takes a matter of seconds. And during that time, the wife's reaction is instinctual. And it's also an instinctual reaction to someone acting in a way that is completely unexpected and out of character. The primary judge also took into consideration the evidence given by experts that a typical perception response time was about 1.5 seconds, but that this can be varied depending on the circumstances. Therefore, the entire process of breaking to a stop would have taken 2.5 to 3.5 seconds, during which the vehicle would travel about 14 to 20 metres before stopping. Even if the wife had applied the brakes, the car would not have slowed down sufficiently, the court found, to have resulted in lesser injuries. Finally, the court looked at what is referred to as contributory negligence. That is where the injured party contributed in some way to their own injury. An example of this is where a passenger in a car does not wear a seatbelt. The driver is driving over the speed limit and recklessly, which results in an accident, resulting in the passenger suffering an injury. Failure to wear the seatbelt did not cause the accident, but it contributed to the damage or the injury that the passenger received. In such a case, if the court finds contributory negligence, they can apportion liability for the injuries between the driver and the injured party. So they might say that the driver is 80% responsible for the injuries that the passenger suffered, but they may say the passenger is 20% responsible due to the failure to wear a seatbelt. That is just an example. 
In this case, the judge considered that a reasonable person would not have leapt from a vehicle moving at 50 kilometers an hour. On that basis, he found that the husband was guilty of contributory negligence, and if fault was to be apportioned between the husband and the wife, the husband would be 100% liable. So going back to those questions the court had to ask, was there a duty of care? Yes, the wife owed a duty to take reasonable care to avoid foreseeable and not insignificant harm to the husband. But did that duty extend to protecting him from causing harm to himself? Well, in this case, the court said no. And in any case, the primary judge found that the husband failed to prove that the wife breached her duty of care or that a reasonable person would have engaged in hitting the brakes. And finally, had the wife applied the brakes, the more likely inference is that the husband would have still suffered the injuries of equal or almost equal proportion. And the primary judge said that even if he was incorrect in making those findings, he said that the husband was guilty of contributory negligence and that it would be just and equitable to reduce the damages by 100%, meaning that the husband contributed to his own injuries, and if we're apportioning liability, he is 100% liable. Therefore, the husband's case against the wife was unsuccessful, and the husband was ordered to pay the wife's costs. The husband appealed this decision. The appeal The Court of Appeal did not entirely agree with the wife's argument that she had no duty to prevent the husband from harming himself. The court said the scope of duty owed by the wife to the husband was wider than that suggested and could include a duty to take care to avoid or minimise harm to a passenger, resulting from the passenger's own deliberate actions. Now, you may disagree with that. You may agree with it. Uh, It could be that in this case, that's a hard pill to swallow, but there may be other cases that it would make more sense to you for a person to be responsible to prevent another person from harming themselves. Regardless, in this case, the Court of Appeal said that there is a duty to prevent the passenger from harming themselves. When looking at whether the wife had breached that duty, the Appeal Court referred to the Civil Liability Act of 2002, which states that a person is not negligent in failing to take precautions against a risk of harm unless a. the risk was one which the person knew or ought to have known and b. in the circumstances a reasonable person in that position would have taken those precautions. So, breaking it down, a. should the wife have known or ought to have known that her husband was going to leap from the vehicle and b. Would a reasonable person in those situations have applied the brakes? When determining what is reasonable, this must be assessed prospectively rather than retrospectively, not with the wisdom of hindsight. Looking back, of course it is easy to say, I would have done that or I should have done that, but we need to judge what is reasonable with consideration to what someone would do in the heat of the moment.
the Court of Appeal recognised that this was not a case where the wife had the opportunity to consider which of two or more responses she might take to emerging situation of danger. The entire episode took place within a few seconds. The appeal court agreed with the primary judge's findings that the wife acted reasonably when confronted with a sudden emergency and thus did not breach any duty of care that she may have owed to her husband. The Court of Appeal also agreed that it was a matter of speculation to say that the husband's injuries would have been less severe had the vehicle reduced speed. In coming to its decision, the Court of Appeal looked at the case of Stewart versus Walsh, which involved a truck driver who was travelling at 80 kilometres an hour within the speed limit on the Pacific Highway. Without warning, a cyclist turned 90 degrees onto the carriageway into the path of the truck. The driver was forced to react to a sudden, unexpected scenario. He did the obvious thing and immediately applied his brakes. Importantly, he responded to the potentially dangerous situation created by the cyclist as soon as it occurred. In hindsight, there may have been better ways for him to handle the situation, but the court recognised that if so, it was an error of judgement made in what they referred to as the agony of the moment. And the fact is that the cyclist's conduct brought about a sudden emergency in circumstances where it would be unreasonable to criticise the driver taking the avoidance action he did. In that case, the judge said that it was not an issue whether there was an alternative course of action that could have been taken, which would have avoided the collision. The issue is whether in all the circumstances with which he was faced, his reaction to the sudden unexpected movement of the cyclist onto the carriageway was unreasonable, and in that court's opinion it was not. The appeal court compared that situation with the wife's actions in this case and noted that it was an extraordinary and unexpected situation that unfolded in a matter of mere seconds. Her immediate reaction to the situation with which she was confronted was to attempt to prevent her husband leaving the vehicle by reaching for him and telling him not to be silly. The appeal court agreed with the primary judge that you could not say that this was an unreasonable response or that the wife contributed in some way to the husband's injuries by failing to break. The appeal was dismissed and the husband was ordered to pay his wife's cost of the appeal. Lessons Okay, I generally like to finish my cases with a bit of a lesson. But I guess the lesson here is never jump from a speeding car. Even if the car isn't speeding, it probably isn't safe, so never jump from a car in motion. Just don't jump from a car at all, even if it's completely standing still. Just don't do it. And I guess the other lesson is, if you didn't know what torts law is, uh, now you know that this is the name for that area of law that covers when a person causes an injury to another person and they are sued for damages. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you would like some more uh, talk cases added into the mix, feel free to let me know. And otherwise, I hope you'll join me for our next episode.